Hi, I'm Juan Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. These 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married since 1992 and have four awesome grown children together. We have both been in Christian leadership for over 30 years. We have been youth pastors, church planters, lead pastors, ministry school directors, nonprofit leaders, and are now missionaries. Yes, we are missionaries with youth with a mission. YWAM, the largest missions organization in the world, and are following our call to know God and make him known to the nations. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to do the same. Let's dive in. Okay, here we are. Oh, I didn't know you pressed record. You didn't give me a signal. (laughs) I'm pointing my finger at you now. Okay. Hello. So, uh, tell us where we are, Mambo. Uh, We're still in New Zealand. We just arrived at a new location yesterday, so we're a little bit haggard today. We've learned that each new location we go to, we need kind of 24 hours to sort of adjust. Acclimate. Yeah. New bed, (laughs) new new place, new space, new people. We need 24 hours just to kind of like figure out where we are and where the bathroom is. We're out in the country now. Beautiful. Uh, But we're out here Mm -hmm. in a place called Mata Mata. Yes, the Mata Mata YWAM base. And it, lots of families here, beautiful families. Lots of kids running around everywhere. Yeah, kids, young couples, mm-hmm. families. They're doing counseling school here. They're doing a, like a family DTS here. It's called, it's called uh, All Generations, I think. Oh, All Generations. Something like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and this campus is different because it's called Crystal Springs. Mm-hmm. And it used to be a resort because it has a hot water spring that was people would come and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. It's right on a river, which I haven't seen yet because of the trees, but we'll probably walk down there today. And it's kind of in this beautiful valley. valley. As we were driving here from the north, we were coming through the mountains. And then it opened up this view where like, <laughs> like I was like, wow, it's like the land of milk and honey, How? like the most amazing view ever. And it's kind of down in the middle of that valley down there. It's a there. green valley. Yes, it reminds me of the old movie, How Green Was My Valley, if you like old movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're speaking um, to this all generations uh, DTS. Discipleship, Discipleship Training, training school. school this week. Yeah, we're doing some week. new teachings we haven't done uh, well, for a while, at least, um, which I'm excited about to get to do some some of the things I like to do, which is uh, life mapping. Yeah. And you might wonder what that is, but that's kind of like you get poster board and then you do a timeline of your whole life. Yeah. And you go from like age 0, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, depending on how old you are. <clears throat> just by fives mm-hmm. and then you get some sticky notes two different colors and one color you write down on each sticky note something that marked you 
good ne- things and bad things. Yeah, and- but first you do all the negative because it's easy uh, to think of negative first. <laughs> oh, so man. you write like anything, a person, a situation, um, something that was said to you, a word spoken over you, and you just write negative, or negative, heart negative, event. negative, heart event, boom, right. boom, boom, like like all blue sticky notes, or for example. Right. And then you put those sticky notes on that timeline on the bottom underneath the timeline all those things that marked you and then you do the same thing for positive things positive people positive mentors positive things that happened in your life wonderful memories positive 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 put that on the top side of the top line uh the timeline mm-hmm. and then we look at it and we see things that really marked us positively and negatively in our past mm-hmm. And how we make decisions now in our current life for our future based on things that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And how we need to make sure that the negative things that happened to us, that it's okay for it to influence us in a positive way with our decisions, but not to cause us to be fearful or... Yeah, you're seeing negative patterns. Yeah. And then uh, once you see what's happening that you don't want to happen, right. you can go back to the root with God and find healing and restoration and breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And we did this as a part of a uh, marriage intensive we did years ago. No, not, no, no, no. Actually, if you remember correctly, but good try. We did it as part of our four square pastoral church planting training. It was actually both. Really? Yeah, because I remember presenting mine to the marriage intensive group. Oh, I remember presenting mine at the four square ministers group. I think we did both. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So yeah, and then I've done it with team leadership training and things like that. So it's kind of, and then you you notice that there's cycles in your life and then you have the group um, get together in two so they can sit with someone who can, they can express verbally what happened. And then the person kind of helps you identify cycles in your life because sometimes you can't even see it yourself, right? Yeah. And then they pray for you and it's just kind of a way of, you know, so that's one thing. And then vision boarding, which is, uh, I have all these magazines where people are going to cut out and paste and kind of what the God, God size vision God's given you for your future. So we're going to do some of that. And then we're doing, I think you're doing some stuff too. What are you teaching on this week? We're uh, biblical conflict resolution. Uh-huh. And uh, actually I just got some new material uh, for that from watching Liquid Church. <laughs> they had some great stuff. Uh, and the one thing that keeps standing out to me is, um, the story I'm telling myself is, and so when you're married and you're feeling upset, let's say it's your spouse or out of harmony or, or whatever, something's not quite right, rather than blaming the person saying, you do this and you're always doing that. It's the story I'm telling myself about this situation is, which I think is so good because it's like, you're taking ownership of your thoughts. Uh-huh. You're not blaming the other person. You're just saying, I'm telling myself this. And then you can bring it out into the light to see, is that a true story? And of well, course, the other yeah. person can say, oh, actually, that's not, you know, this that's not actually what's happening. Well, tell me, okay, give me an example. Um, so let's say, um, you know, you said something to me that I took as an offense. That's what usually, you know, it's about. Something where I felt like you were being judgy. Okay. Um, and so then I was irked. You know, my feelings were hurt. I felt angry. Um, and rather than just let it brew in me or, or act badly, you know, behave badly, um, to try to obviously 
like Jesus said, be a peacemaker. Right. Um, I could come to you and say, this is bothering me, <laughs> this situation. And the story I'm telling myself is that you think I'm an idiot or you think I'm stupid <laughs> because the way you talk to me made me feel like that's what you meant. Ah, okay. uh, you know. And, and I, then I can respond like, oh, that's not what, that's I, meant. Not what I meant. <laughs> I actually meant this other thing. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So and it I deactivates think, that lie. Right. Especially if, and I think in that situation, and we can say this after being married 30 years, mm-hmm. that after I do tell you that's not what I meant, you have to believe my words. Because I think the argument can continue at that point. If I say, oh, I didn't mean that. I meant this other thing. And you're like, oh, no, you meant blah. Like, like if you dig your heels into the lie that you're believing that's causing you to be offended and angry and you're not believing the truth that I'm telling you to your face, right. then it just continues. Well, so you have to give up the lie and not hold on to it tightly. Well, of course. Right? And, yeah. And that's what we teach is, you know, that you have to come humbly. You have to come with the right attitude rather than a uh, aggressive attitude or a resentful attitude. It's like you got to kind of let the Lord soften your heart so that you can really have a real discussion, right. not, not just a blaming session. We learned that too. Like wait till you're calm yeah. and pray, actually pray for the other person. Yes. It'll help give you empathy for the other person yeah. before you go and talk to them. And then there's a, I mean, a, I would say 50 other things about conflict resolution we hit. It's a two hour yeah, training. Yeah. It's all about empathy in the end. Right. It's really understanding each other mm-hmm. and, and, uh, caring and being sensitive to one another. And, um, yeah, it totally changes our heart and our mind. That's right. what love's all about in the end, you know? It's how to love well. Can't we all just get along? Yeah. Let's all just get along. <laughs> it makes your life better. You know, I can tell you when your marriage is not going well or your family's not going well, wherever you live, your mm-hmm. home, wherever that is, even if it's your neighbor, if it's not going well, mm-hmm. it really causes a lot of stress and suffering that is needless if you... Um, if you it's really needless <laughs> suffering um, because doing conflict resolution, everyone says, oh, it won't work. But they don't even try it. And it's yeah. so worth just doing it because I think that's the main reason why people don't do it. They're like, oh, it's not going to work. Or, oh, they'll never change. Or, oh, there is no point. It's like, wow, you'd rather suffer and hate and be bitter and miserable every moment for years than to try to just work it out when literally it's like not over 90% of the time it works. Um, and we talk about Matthew 18 in the Bible and, and yeah, go we're not, into depth. We're, we're not going to talk about today. Right now, yeah, there's so much but more. But I will say that, you know, we, it's like God has put us on this journey where we're together 24-7. Oh. And of course, <laughs> the, the, the more you are together morning, day, and night, yeah. the more things will come up yeah. than if you're, let's say, with a different person or different groups of people throughout the day. I think that's why some people get divorced after their kids leave home. They become empty nesters. Is it's just the two of them then? It's like it's a concentrated focus right. on just the two people. Right. So, yeah. So I feel like the Lord is building us as a team. We're yeah. getting stronger as a team, I believe, as the mm-hmm. Lord work, as we work through little things before they become big things. But it's been a bumpy journey. Yeah. You know, there, definitely there's temptations to quit, to give up, to run away. But I always say... You know, whenever you do leave a situation, you should leave well. And um, and there's no way to leave well when it comes to marriage. Unless they're being physically abusive, you know, and, you know, all those things. But Dis- anyway. Disclaimer. But, you know, <laughs> this is called 36 Questions, and that's because we're supposed to answer 36 questions. Yeah. So let's get to our question now. Okay. 
when did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? What question is this? Number 30. Number 30? This is episode 30. Oh my gosh. When did I last cry in front of a person? Or, or by yourself, I guess, is the secondary question. Or by myself. Or both. Or both. Okay, so I'm not a crier, generally. I like to be kind of a tough chick. And I'm generally not one to cry, even though you're my husband. So, you know, you, if anyone's seen me cry, you've seen me cry. But I'm not like, you know, some women cry quite a bit. But I'm not a, I'm not a crier. Um, but I think the last time I cried was not too long ago. It was a couple weeks ago. We were in Samoa. I learned how to say Samoa that way. It's not Samoa. It's Samoa. It's Samoa. Sa- Sa- Samoa. Am I saying it wrong? Yeah. Ugh. But at least you're trying. Darn it. I'm really, I'm Not, really upset. You're going Samoa. No, it's Samoa. Samoa. Yeah. Samoa. And, I'm, and by the way, I'm not Samoan, so I'm probably saying it wrong too. Sorry, everyone <laughs> who's Samoan. We're Sorry. trying to learn. We you know? love you so much. And, um, you know. I, you know, <laughs> we're in New Zealand right now, and they speak really good English here. They're from originally from Britain. Yes. You know, influence. And a lot of the things they say you can't understand, but for some reason I can. And so <laughs> I'm your interpreter, even though they're speaking English. I know. Well, it's I think it's they're funny. talking so fast, I can't process it with the with the uh, accent. And so every time someone's speaking to me, I'm like, huh? And the one says, I said this. <laughs> and then the person looks at me and starts laughing because, like, I'm the interpreter. But, like, the word head is heed. Heed. Go up to the heat of the river. The heat. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So the last time I cried. Okay. So I was in Samoa. I'm afraid to say it now. Um, and and uh, I, I guess the shower, uh, it was very slippy. The towel floor in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah and in lots of countries, the shower is part of the bathroom, meaning the water goes everywhere, where the toilet is, where the sink is, everywhere. This was closed off a little bit, but still there was water, you know, in the main walking area, which was very slippy. And I guess I slipped. And You did. I slipped. Boom. Bad. And, and my knee went the wrong way. And I'm glad I didn't break my leg or something because my knee was real. I really janked up my knee. And it hurt so bad. It wasn't just my knee. It was like my elbow, my leg, my knee. Yeah, you like, went down hard on a hard surface. And Oh, I was hurting so bad. And I cried and you put me to bed. Luckily, yeah. it was in the evening. I went to bed for the night and I woke up miraculously okay. Right. Um, though my knee got hurt a week or two after that as yeah. like kind of residual effect. But yeah. we're not going to go into that. Point being, I cried, but I think I cried... Because it triggered something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, did my hands turn under a little? I think they did, and I was shaking. Because well, there was. I remember you shaking. I don't remember the other part. So when I used to be an invalid and really, really sick, my hands would turn under. I would shake. I had seizures, and it was really bad. And I was healed in June of 2019, later in the month. But. Um, when I have something happen to me traumatizing, like I think once I dropped a glass on my foot 
in, I just, it caused me to kind of seize up and my hands to turn under and kind of shake. There's something about that pain that triggered the pain sensor because I used to be in horrific pain all the time when that used to happen. And so something about being in pain with my knee triggered um, the pain that I felt when I used to be very, very ill and I was shaking in mm-hmm. bed and I was in such pain and I was shaking and my hands were turning under some and I was like oh no like oh no you know like I, I didn't want it it kind of made me afraid of getting sick again and even though I, I knew I wasn't going to sick again it's just when I start experiencing those things I experienced when I was ill it just freaks me out because I'm like oh my god like it was so so bad that I, I like to forget about it and just pretend like it never happened but when when I have like a flashback like that of pain and, and, uh, or I don't know. Anyway, I cried yeah. and I was just, I don't know. I just felt so sad. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this happened to me. Cause I'm mourning all the years of my life. I was so sick. And then I'm also sad cause I'm, I'm, I'm in pain. And then I'm also sad cause I'm like, Oh, is this going to trigger, um, a, ret- a return yeah. of this happening to right. me again because I think that that would happen my doctor told me years ago that sometimes an accident or if you break a bone or something happens it can trigger an autoimmune response or trigger yeah illness and I, I was um, a little bit afraid but I fought it and I prayed and I woke up and I was good yeah miraculously because we had to preach the next day right um but yeah I cried and yeah. you saw me. I don't know. Do you remember it? I barely rem- I kind of blocked it out again. I tried yes. to block these things out. I do remember it. What do you remember? I remember you went down. <laughs> and it was wet. And so I went to help you get up. because, and, and you were shaking. Yeah, you had really gone down hard. And I was like, oh, we didn't know if you would have been, you know, had to go to the hospital, get with the doctor, or not be able to walk. Yeah. Um. But anyway, you're okay, and we actually taught for the whole week and <laughs> yeah. stood all week. <laughs> we did. Um, yeah, a very busy time. So God's uh, grace was on us for sure in the jungle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then once we got to New Zealand and were calm and resting for a few days is when my knee got hurt. For reals, it just popped out, and then I was off again, you know. But the cool thing was, yeah, I mean, you, were, you had your leg up and iced for like three days and then this the, the, the we, you finally felt good enough we went out to this old silent movie show so weird in new zealand there was a theater showing old silent movies so we go there and we see a woman who we had just met yeah and we didn't know anybody but they're a small town there she is yeah and you told her i think just something about your knee yeah she the next day got you an appointment with a physical therapist and her mom paid for it and took you, drove you, and I know, half an hour. She came and got me away. Uh, so it was crazy. Cindy Williams, she's a Christian Christian author, uh, published in Australia, award winning yeah. Christian fiction author. Cindy <laughs> Williams, look up her books. Um, but she, you know, she took care of you, and the guy totally knew what happened, mm-hmm. and slid your knee back into place, and gave you exercises, and you know, it's been you've been recovering great. Yeah, that was such a blessing. So Isn't guys, that like, crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we, you know. God really has been taking care of us. Yeah, he really is taking care of us. So, yeah. Anyway, I try not to cry. I don't usually cry about emotional things. It's usually more physical, I think, for me. If I'm I'm hurt physically, I'm not a big crier emotionally, right? Is that right? Yeah, I think that's true. 
I think that's true. You know, some people cry just more easily than others. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think you're pretty tough. And uh, plus, we're always around people we don't know that are new. <laughs> like just now, we just came from a place called Toranga. Yes. A place called uh, YWAM Furnace. Uh-huh. And we we just met, you know, I don't know how many new people, 80 new people over, uh, you know, three, four days, five days. I don't know. You know, because we, we were visiting their ship. Uh-huh. which is like a medical ship. We were in their base. We were teaching them. We couldn't keep their name straight. That's not usually a situation where you're going to start breaking down crying. Uh- <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I didn't have anything to cry about. Right. I had a great visit. They were wonderful. <laughs> we had a great time yeah. there. Really good. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm not... <laughs> I don't know. That's true. When You, you know, but you when, know you... when people usually cry is when someone shows that they care. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> that happens. Like people cry with me a lot uh-huh. because I'll get alone with them to kind of one-on-one and mentor them. And then I just, I sincerely care about them and I ask questions and I'm really interested and they can see that I'm not just meeting with them to meet with them, but I'm actually really, really care about them. And I got to say, they cry almost every time. They, uh, there's a lot of crying that happens. Well, you're, and, really, you're really gifted at that. And I remember, yes, is that No. Wait, day day before yesterday, you were teaching this big team of people how to care well for people. Oh, right. Which we've probably talked about on our podcast before, about going three questions deep. Right. I think we have. I don't know. This is the 30th episode. I don't know if we have. Uh, It just feels like we did. So, um, but anyway. The first question is that you are being polite. Mm -hmm. And you ask a second question about the first question, which shows... About their answer. Yeah, about their answer. You ask a question from their answer. The second question shows that you're interested, and then the third question shows that you actually care, See, and that many people don't never get past yeah. the first question or the second for yeah, sure. It's very surface level, but you keep asking question about the answer, and then the next answer, another question, like it really shows, like, oh man, this person cares about me. Yeah, and it just feels so good. Yeah, and it's not a formula to follow without caring. You definitely have to have the caring and empathy. Of that's part of it. Otherwise, you could just be a manipulator. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, that's enough about me. I want to hear your answer, but first, we need to go to our book of the week. Okay, so I just finished reading a book which you've read before by Lauren Cunningham, the founder, uh, co founder of Youth with a Mission. And he's written a bunch of books, which I, so far they've all been great, the ones I've read. Uh, this one is called The Book That Transforms Nations. Yes. I'm so glad you read that. I think I read it, I don't know if it was a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And it really, uh, you know, I didn't know how good it was going to be. It was really, really good. It's up there in my top favorite 10 books, I think. Um, and I think the reason why is I'd seen something a long time ago. I don't know if it was online about how different nations, when they started to follow God, how there was such prosperity in that nation. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even the farming, like their crops were better. It was crazy. Like everything. Well, they would practice the biblical principles of rotating their crops and and, societal structures and justice. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justice and law and, and um, um, the whole thing with, uh, you know, 
the Presbyterian Church, when they came to America back in the 1700s, they always would do three things. Each city they went to, and you'll notice this if you look in old towns in America, there's a Presbyterian hospital, mm-hmm. a Presbyterian church, and a Presbyterian school. Because they didn't want to just come and preach the Bible. They wanted to provide health care for everyone and education for everyone. It was very holistic. Yeah, like a holistic thing to help society. And they teach, you know, of course, when teaching the Bible, they're teaching about marriages and healthy families, kind of like we do on this podcast. And so it's this whole idea that, you know, bringing the Bible into places and nations where there there isn't the Bible teaching is where you find families, you know, with marriages and staying together. Um, and let me tell you, there's an opposite area to to really just drive home this point of of places where the bible hasn't um been known or welcomed is i want to give haiti as a really good example um haiti um they fought for their freedom Mm -hmm. and in fighting for their freedom from the british it was the british right french oh french right right oh i'm so sorry of course it's the french um (laughs) although the british were colonizing most of the world yeah and so haiti was was really amazing that they were able to get their freedom which was so great but in that they also rejected the christianity of Mm -hmm. the french or the british or the you know the um the western world i would say christianity and so in and then embraced voodoo and a lot of their culture which you know culture is wonderful and beautiful and a great thing but there are some cultures where there's um negative things like for example uh they weren't um they didn't believe in the Christian idea of marriage. And so without that, um, women have uh, multiple children, children, lots of multiple children from multiple men. And men don't have to take care of wives or take care of the children. And so there's, you know, Haiti is one of the most impoverished nations in the whole Western hemisphere when it comes to families because they don't have those Christian values of marriage and taking care of the kids. And so there's this, um, so the idea is, is in countries that don't have the Bible, um, a lot of stuff is happening. Like, for example, Hawaii, like there's two different sides of the story with Hawaii, um, about the missionaries coming to Hawaii, Mm -hmm. right? One side is that the missionaries came and they took our culture and they tried to, you know, they took away the, the hula and they put clothes on everybody and, and yes, that was the very early days of missions when people just did what they knew to do at that time period in the 1700s culture was different people were different missions was new um but they also when they came in they um the positive things are um the, uh, the hawaiians used to kill their children that had any disabilities um, or were born with any problems. Africa as well. If you were one year old or two and you weren't walking yet, you would be um, killed, even as a one-year-old or two-year-old. There's yeah, we a had lot friends, of... African friends who told us about this. Yeah, uh-huh. what is it? In, what do you call it? Infanticide? Infanticide. Is that it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, where you're killing children and, um, yeah, and, and a lot of uh, killing of people, like a lot of murder. Uh, like yeah, I know in Hawaii, even if you crossed a certain border going down towards the ocean, after a certain part at night, you'd be murdered. Um, just a lot of murder, a lot of killing. Um, no, uh, no written language, uh, no reading. 
Right. So there wasn't as much education to be able to learn because they couldn't read and there was no written language for their own language. So the missionaries came in, they uh, were saving the children, uh, started uh, teaching them English, but also created a written language for the Hawaiians of the Hawaiian language and reading and writing in Hawaiian. And so um, Hawaii became the most literate nation. Was it globally or just in yeah, they became the most literate nation on earth per capita. Like everybody knew how to read. Right. Because the missionaries taught them. And so there's yeah. positive work that totally the missionaries done. It, yeah. Negative was like taking away the hula because at the time, you know, they were topless. And then, you know, in the 1800s, you couldn't dance around topless. Even today, you can't dance around topless. Well, it's not a good thing. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, now the hula's back, and missionaries do hula, and churches do hula, and everything. But yeah, they've they, redeemed the, the they culture. They redeemed the hula, put their top on with the hula. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess this, the book, um, say the name of the book again. The book that transforms nations. Yeah, that the Bible literally transforms he, And he gives so many, like he gives this incredible history of the Netherlands. He was actually called to, Lauren Cunningham, the author, was asked to go speak to the... Um, uh, the king of the Netherlands or whatever. And he said, do you know what happened? Blah, blah, blah. And like, he told him the history, like the guy didn't even know. Um, and how there was one man who was a farmer originally, but he, he basically became a believer and he used the Bible to, he, he served in politics, but he's also, he built colleges. He did so much to transform that nation and make it really successful. So, you know, before the Bible transformed Europe, you know, the dark ages, it was dark. That's true. It was, it, it was just not ages. a, it was not a prosperous, happy place. No. The Bible transformed Europe. And even, I remember one story he told about, um, after World War II, uh. um, in Japan, um, you know, America actually could have punished really badly Japan and, you know, continually and, um, but they actually helped to rebuild the nations after they left and make it better. Mm. And so he talked about the story of a Christian guy in that country who was instrumental because he was living in the culture and spoke the language that mm. when after the war was over, he became this key ambassador mm -hmm. for America, but also for Christianity as a businessman. Yeah. And the reason Japan is actually successful economically today yeah. is because the pattern that guy set he was so well known in that entire nation as a non-Japanese person. It's like they built basically out from that all the other companies with their integrity and um, which brought po prosperity to exactly. Japan because biblical culture um, is full of integrity. And yes. so if you go to if you go to cultures that are not following the Bible as much, you'll find um, a lot of bribery, a lot of corruption, a lot of corruption, um, a lot of abuse of women. I would say mm -hmm. very abusive of women. Um, no, it's not, to, it's not to say that in, you know, there's Christianized countries that also have had corruption or problems and we still do in America. Sure. Um, but, uh, and the, but the farther we, we stray from, from our the Bible. foundations. Yeah. Cause the people who are doing that are not people who are following the Bible. Because if you're actually following the Bible, you're not doing those things. Right. So you can say it's a Christian nation, and then why is there corruption? Well, because those are people who are not Christians. And then people say, oh, well, they say they're Christian. Well, they're lying. Because <laughs> if you're a Christian, you're going to have the fruits, the fruits of, the of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
gentleness, self-control. If you're not seeing those things in your life or the other person's life, I question if they're a believer. They might be in process as a believer, but if they're really, really living without those without those fruits of the Spirit, I'm like, hmm, they well, must be far from God right now at least. The farther away you get from that, the more narcissistic and self-destructive you become. And that's exactly what we're seeing as a trend amongst the next generation is they're very anxious and they're actually very narcissistic because they're being trained by the internet to be that way. Of yeah. Constant stories. Selfies. Of this influencers who are just like, you know, influencing just superficial right. things like fame and money mm-hmm. um, rather than character and heart, you yes. know, and love. Right. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's the way we're headed. But So we need this book and this, we need the Bible, I mean, and we need this book <laughs> about the Bible called The Book That Transforms Nations. So. Right. And it transforms, it transforms hearts and lives, which in turn transforms whole nations. Yeah, but you'll love the stories he tells about these different nations that you would never guess the history mm. of how the Bible changed everything. Right. Right. Check and it out. Yeah. Such a good book. And one last thing I want to say yeah. is that on this topic is I really believe in the inside of the cup being clean, not just the outside of the cup. And inside our house, inside our homes, inside our marriages, inside with our kids, our personal relationships, the things people don't see behind closed doors, we need the Bible and the truths of the Bible to influence those parts of our lives. Because it's real easy to go outside our door and have my makeup on or you have on your cool clothes or whatever and smile and look cool and great and everything's good and be polite and nice with people. But then we get in our car or we get in our home and we act like the devil to our spouse or to our kids um, or to ourselves even. And so I think we need to um, let the Bible penetrate Mm -hmm. um, the inner workings of our lives, not just the outer. And that's when nations will truly be transformed. Amen. Amen, sister. Preach it. Preach it. Okay, thanks for, uh, well, I guess we both read that book. We did. Enjoy it. All right, so I'm going to read the question for you. It's your turn. Question 30. And Juan Carlos Ricardo Galloway, when did you last cry in front of another person or what, by yourself. What messed up accent was that? <laughs> I don't trying know. Trying to be Spanish, but so off. <laughs> hey, I'm international. I'm just combining all the accents. All the accents. Yeah. When did you last cry yeah. in front of another person or by yourself? Okay. Um, well, I can't really remember in front of somebody else. Sometimes I start to cry a little bit when I'm preaching. I don't know, just a little, but uh, not always. But anyway, I just yesterday, actually, we arrived here at... Uh, Mata Mata. Mata Mata. I couldn't think of it. We just got here. Which is, by the way, I hear only 10 or 15 minutes from Hobbiton, from Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Yeah, we're in the Shire, the basically. Shi- we're in the Shire, everyone. <laughs> That's where we're at. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, anyway, we got here yesterday, and they... We got a room. They checked us in. We're speaking next week, so they let us stay here for a couple days to get some work done. Anyway, we found out, oh, there's a speaker tonight, and he's here speaking at the counseling school, but he's going to speak to all the staff and students, and we're like, oh, well, let's 
take advantage of this. So they had some worship, and then he got to speak, and he's an older man. I think Bruce Thomas. I don't know if I got the last name right. His first name's definitely Bruce. Yeah, Bruce has been a part of YWAM for decades, and he's a doctor, actually, a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he created, I guess this was his wife, um, Karen, I think, uh, created a program or a teaching program called Plumline. And I've, I'd actually heard of it from different YWAMers around the world. Yeah, I've heard of it too. Inner healing stuff, mm-hmm. counseling stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, interesting. So this was the guy who created it, and he's still going uh, in his latter years. And what a sweetheart. Oh, we su- got to chat with him some, and I was super like, super nice. Ugh. I love it when you meet someone, you immediately are like, man, I love this person. Yeah, he was like a warm fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh, it feels so good Can around this. I sit this. here next to you? <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. So he got up to speak, and he was very mild-mannered um, in his, you know, mm-hmm. very gentle speaking, I guess. And so I was like, sometimes when people are like that, you're like, okay, is this going to be a long message? But then he started to share, and the content was so rich mm. and so deep. And he talked about the, uh, having an orphan spirit. And he shared a verse in the Bible that talked about that, how we God has brought us out of this orphan status state into sonship or daughtership, right? And uh, But then he, he said, here's some signs of being an orphan or orphanhood, being frustrated. Uh, now, there was a whole bunch. I'm going to read the ones I related to. Okay. Uh, but in, in sonship... When you move into sonship, if you're operating out of that, you feel satisfied. Hmm. If you're operating in orphanhood, you might feel isolated. But in sonship, you can be friendly. Hmm. In in orphanhood... Wait a minute. You've talked on this podcast many times about yes. not being friendly and being isolated. But I try to be friendly Do you feel I convicted go. now? I feel convicted by you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, keep You're going. You're hyper mega friendly. Uh, so re- being rejected is when you're living out of that orphan state. But the real you, accepted by God this in sonship, is you feel accepted, not rejected. Mm. And um, orphanhood, um, another one is being controlling. Mm. If you're operating out of an orphan spirit, you're controlling your situation. But in sonship, you're releasing you have an openness. Mm. And the last one I'll share um, is in orphanhood, there's fear, but in sonship, there's trusting. And so it's all about that state of inner being mm. that all you could read that whole first list and say, well, it's circumstances, blaming it on circumstances. This happened. That's why I'm frustrated. This is why I feel isolated. It's those people. Um, this is why I feel rejected. No one did this for me. It's all blaming the outside, right? Mm-hmm. But in Jesus, when we come to the sonship, it, all this inner turmoil, peace, be still, uh, mm. we come into who we really are. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit changing us. So anyway, he was sharing this, how orphanhood is slavery. It just controls you. And, um, you know, then he gave the answers like, well, how do you deal with it? You renounce this false image of God that if you see him as a, you know, a controller or as too demanding or whatever, all this stuff maybe through your parents, you've been distorted your view. And yeah, I thought that was really interesting. He gave like more than five examples of different kinds of parenting things that can cause an orphan spirit, like um, a parent who's demanding or something. And there was a parent who was um, 
neglectful like or abandoning or... abandoning and like different different kinds of parenting and and he was really good to say everyone in here raise your hand if you've ever made a mistake as a parent because <laughs> because this is a family oriented place there's a ton of families yeah. and everybody raised their hand of course we've all made mistakes yeah. but what happens is children sometimes take those mistakes that we all make and then get into this orphan spirit mentality regardless because every parent makes mistakes but our children hanging on to those mistakes and continually blaming their parents for their life. And I thought that was really good too, because I've seen a lot of people live their whole life blaming their parents for negative things instead of taking responsibility for their own actions. Yeah, he said this, the journey into orphanhood, number one, it focuses on the faults of parents. Then it receives those faults as rejection, personally. And then they lose trust and authority. And then they're afraid of love. Like, oh, this is just going to be another bad experience. And then they close up, they turn inward, Mm -hmm. and then they have an independent spirit. Mm. And I was like, well, that's humanity right there in a nutshell. (laughs) That's our our issue. We're independent. Yeah, but it starts with the whole thing of like, um, what was the first one about the parents? Um, Um, It was the first, oh my gosh, sorry. Uh, The first one was the focus on the faults of parents and that turns into rejection or they receive it as rejection. Yeah. So I think as soon as you receive rejection from parents or an authority, it puts you in an orphan spirit mode where you're living out of these negative things. So anyway, but this is all really good teaching that he gave it. What does this have to do with crying? Did you cry? So, yeah. So later after um, the meeting, we came back and I think you were taking a shower or something and I was sitting there and my heart just felt tender You know, like the Lord was, he allowed me to be in that place, to hear that message Mm. and to think about what are those times when I feel like an orphan, when I feel uh, isolated, when I feel frustrated, when I, you know, any negative emotion, I'm like, I'm operating out of that orphan spirit. And I, and so anyway, he was just, he was just, I just felt the Lord loving on me like, oh, it's so good. And not just in that moment, but I was like, I'm on this journey with you in this new life where we've been reinvented or something and we're traveling the world and doing these things. And it does, you know, it's like it, there's a lot of um, new things happening and out of new things um, there's, there's ups and downs of feelings of confusion, of sadness of, you know, we're away from our own country, our own kids, our friends. Anyway, there's all kinds of things that come out, but the Lord was just telling me like, I'm bringing you through this to have, to bless you, you know, to like to refine you Mm. and um, make you a better partner to your wife, better teammate, um, uh, more of a son. In the end, it's like to not be driven to perform or driven to achieve, but just be led by him to love freely and openly without stress, without anxiety, with just going with the flow of what, wherever the Lord puts us, you know, he loves us and we can love others. And anyway, mm-hmm. I just felt him just kind of stirring my heart uh, because of those deep issues that Bruce was talking about. Mm-hmm. So I didn't cry a long time or anything, but I did have a few tears, you know, and I was just like, oh, they were good tears. You yeah. know, <laughs> I just felt loved. Yeah, I. it's interesting because as that teaching was going, I was thinking, you know, that, that God was doing a work in you. I could tell. You know, during the message and then also after and today I was like, this is something we need to kind of not just sometimes you hear something and like, oh, that's good. That really affected me. But I feel like this is something we need to revisit and kind of meditate on 
I feel like sometimes God does something in us or shows us something and we need to pay attention to it, not just for a day or two, but maybe maybe for weeks or months or a year, really pay attention to it and let God do his full work in that area. Um, and the way you do that, and I've told people this before, is you say, Lord, tell me more about that. Yeah, and I feel like as we're on a journey like this, the Lord is putting these key people in our lives Mm. Um, I think when we were in um, Totoke Healing Center in um, Fakatani, that these Maori women, I think we talked about this before, but when they prayed over us and sang over us and their language, uh, I just feel like, whoa, there was something like transferred there. Mm. It was like um, they had something I wanted. They had the fire of the Holy Spirit. But also just like this joy and yeah. this real, uh, it's like, and they said, they said, this is your home. This is your home now. And just like, just kind of uh, this, this feeling of complete acceptance and love and care um, from God and from them and from their people and their, in their land. And it was, it was, it was so really, pure. yeah. And it, it, what it spoke to me. I mean, when I came out of that session of worship and prayer, they washed our feet, they anointed us with oil, they did it all. And they said they had a vision of like a, a spear we were holding. Yeah. Um, and that that spear, I learned later in the next city from another Maori friend. Um, what was her name? Um, sincerity. Sincerity. She's yeah. so sweet. She's so sincere. Yeah. <laughs> she, she said on the end of that spear is a tongue. And it's like represents like the spear represents like challenging, like you're challenging people and you're challenging leadership and it has a tongue on it. You're challenging with your words. I'm like, oh, that's so me. I'm always speaking challenging things. <laughs> and and part of me, the enemy would say, shut up. Don't do that. Don't speak. You know, be quiet. But I'm like, oh, I'm willing to be rejected. I'm willing to everyone to hate me. I don't care. I'm going to speak what the Lord tells me to speak. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, um, yeah, you know. The Lord is the Lord. The Lord's called me to that. Yeah, right? and the Taiwa, which was the name of that spear. Yeah, um, they would use it in those ceremonies where they do like the haka, which is like a almost like a tribal dance and and chant. Yeah, and it's like if you've seen it before, like they put their tongue out really far and open their eyes really wide and hit their chest, and it's really powerful and strong. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it's yeah, it's a positive thing. They're like. It's like they're lifting each other up. The challenge is a positive challenge. And they do it at weddings and they do it at funerals. And it's, it's very special, very emotional, very, that makes me cry actually seeing it. Yeah. So when they were, anyway, I came out of this session of them ministering to us and just felt like the Lord saying he wants us to lead out of character and out of the heart of God, which I saw in them very mm. pure rather than my intelligence systems I have, ways I've done experience. (laughs) Um, But to really get back to the heart of Jesus, like what is Jesus saying in this moment? Right. Um, And so focusing on relationships more than, you know, anything else. And also this was, this was from God laying down a pursuit of any position Uh or influence or power and admiration, Uh like not getting away from any performing to, love right to love well you know and that's an influence a positive influence but not influence for the sake of people like me because i'm right big time hot stuff i'm smart you know people think i'm great 
it's out of a heart of I love them that mm-hmm. I'm influencing them, mm. you know. I already feel that way. I mean, I've felt that way for most of my life, but I think for you, this is this is what God. Well, you already have that all, you know, figured out. I, I'm slow. <laughs> Taking me 52 years to get to this point, but anyway, God set up sets up these Holy Ghost moments. Yeah, with the, um, the Maori women we we met um, last night with Bruce. Anyway, these are just mm. special moments, and sometimes I think I'm here to do all these things that we're teaching and training, but it felt like the Lord is saying, "No, you're here so that I can bless you and mm. and touch you more, bring you closer to me." Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, this is really good." Yeah, and this morning we were doing this this thing we do in the morning where we sit and we listen to God for a few minutes silently, and then after we're done, we share what we what God just told us. Um, it's just like a practice in listening to God we do each morning, at least Monday through Friday, and uh, and I felt like the Lord reiterated that this morning that it's not about what we teach, even though we have a lot to teach, we have a lot to say, we have a lot of training to give. It's really about coming as just ourselves, as who He's created us to be, as uh, fully ourselves. And fully as a married couple, um, and as just children of God, um, that, you know, we can come to the table, you're right, with like experience and wisdom um, and knowledge. Um, and in fact, they prayed that over us too. They said, God's giving us a cloak that's like purple and yellow. It represents, um, wow, what did it represent? Um, I can't remember. I had it. I wrote it down. It was, um, yeah, it was. I think it was knowledge. Yellow was knowledge and purple was like, um. New authority. Authority. That God's given us knowledge and authority, but that we're not coming with the knowledge and authority. We're coming with the heart of God and just being ourselves. And that all that other stuff just happens, and that's the yeah, Lord. bringing His presence, right. really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so hopefully this podcast, it's, it's for, I know we're getting really deep in spiritual stuff now. We started out not as deep spiritually. <laughs> just sort of chatting and having a date but the more we're doing ministry and traveling the more uh i believe this podcast applies to people in ministry people mm-hmm. who are missionaries people who are married and and by the way i just want to say i was listening to priscilla Shear, an absolute fantastic female pastor um, black female pastor incredible um so look her up on youtube i was listening to priscilla Shear preaching the other day and she was saying and just reminding that you are in ministry if you're at home with your kids and you're taking care of those kids and you're loving them and loving them well and teaching them the word you are in ministry you're ministering to those kids or if you're working a job as an accountant somewhere you are in ministry you're a light in that office a light of integrity a light of truth you know if you're working at mcdonald's down the street and you're flipping burgers you're in ministry you're in ministry to every single person you work with when they have a hard day you're there to encourage them and minister to them no matter where you are and i have another missionary friend that said this i'll never forget at if gathering which by the way happens this weekend if gathering the largest gathering of women globally one million women google if gathering she said your mission field is between your two feet meaning wherever you stand, wherever you are, that is your mission field. And that hopefully this podcast and these questions encourage you to be even more healthy as a missionary and as a missionary, uh, as a minister, no matter where you go and Mm. where you are. Good stuff. Well, that's episode 30. It's in the can. Woohoo! Only six more to go. Yay! All right, tune in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's from Batman? 
That's from the old TV show. That's what they said at the end of, end of every episode. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.